You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Worship is more than what you lift your hands to. Matter of fact, you know where the word worship comes from? It comes from two words, worth-ship. Worth-ship. To worship something is to actually prize something above everything else. It is to honor and love it as having the highest worth, worth-ship. Whatever has the highest worth to me, I'm going to worship because it's worth everything to me. Ironically, in our society, it's far more rare for something not to be worshipped than to be worshipped. In other words, moving beyond religious institutions and even gurus, our culture chooses to worship what's tangible. Whether it's wealth, a partner, or a job, we prefer to worship what's right in front of us. In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to invest in wisdom that lasts beyond the grave, give your heart to Jesus. Worship a living, breathing God who wants to usher you into eternity. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Exodus, chapter 32, as he begins his message, What You Worship. They always return to worshiping the wrong thing. They would be delivered from judgment. Uh, they, they, they went into idolatry. God would judge them. He would send a judge to deliver them. As long as the judge lived, they stayed clean and didn't worship false gods. But as soon as the judge died, they went right back. Read the book of Judges. They're delivered, they go back. They're delivered, they go back. They're delivered, they go back. And what did they always go back to? Worshiping idols. They went back to worshiping the wrong thing. And that, that was their problem. That was the number one issue God had with his people in the Old Testament. The number one. And though the idols were made of silver and gold, they were worthless. Because they couldn't see, hear, taste, touch, smell, talk, answer prayer, deliver those that believed in them. They were absolutely useless. And yet, men bowed down and worshipped them. You know why? Because we're wired for worship. God wired you and I to worship we are creatures of worship. God made us to worship. Now, what I want to point out once again is they that make them will become like them. What you and I worship decides what we become. It shapes our character. And our character decides our tomorrows. See? That's how it's a prophet of your future. What you worship is a big forecaster of where you end up 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now and how fruitful your life is, what you worship. Because we're all worshiping something. Your character will be shaped by it. It'll be molded, formed by what you worship. One man wrote a book entitled, We Become What We Worship. I didn't read it, and I found out about this after I decided this title. So I thought, wow, I'm not the only one uh, being led this direction. Because he writes this, we, what people revere they begin to resemble, either for ruin or restoration. And he goes on, our worship and our affections right now are pointers to a future trajectory. Our worship is either aimed at our ruin or our worship is aimed at our restoration. But it's aimed in either case. We're all worshiping something and we're aimed in that direction. What you worship is what your feet follow. It's where your heart goes. Matter of fact, where your heart is, that's what you're going to worship. And what you're worshiping reveals where your heart is. Amen? 
So he finishes, he said, we are becoming every day what we worship. And that's why what you worship is a powerful prophet of your future. Now, now I want to just share some undeniable truths about worship. And I'm going to start at A, A, B, C. I'm going to do A. Here's, this, is, this is an undeniable fact of worship. Here it is. We all worship something. Everybody worships something. I don't care who you are, where you are, where you live, your education level, financial level. I don't care what race you are, what creed you are, what land you're in. If you're a human being, you're worshiping something because God has wired us to worship. Amen. And, and what you worship is what you value above all else. You will sacrifice your time for what you worship, your energy, things that matter to you, things that are valuable to you, but they're of lesser value than what you worship because what you worship holds the highest place. What you worship is number one in your life. What you worship is on the throne of your life. You, what you worship is what you love best. It's what you value most. What you worship has captured your heart because everybody's heart is captured by something. Everybody in here and everybody watching online and everybody listening later on radio around the world, listen carefully, something has captured your heart and, and whatever has captured your heart is what you are pursuing in life. It's what you're chasing. So whatever captures your heart is what you're going to chase, seek, pursue, go after with all your heart. Whatever it is, you're going to go after it the treasure of your heart. Jesus said that whatever, wherever your heart is, that's what you treasure, and whatever your treasure is, that's where I'm going to find your heart. And that's what we're going to worship. And it's more than what you sing to. Worship is more than what you lift your hands to. Matter of fact, you know where the word worship comes from? It comes from two words, worth-ship. Worth-ship. To worship something is to actually prize something above everything else. It is to honor and love it as having the highest worth, worth-ship. Whatever has the highest worth to me, I'm going to worship because it's worth everything to me. Amen? Yeah. How many of you love just worshiping God like we did today? Isn't that just wonderful? Amen. Now, you know why you love it? You know why? Because you're wired to do it. God wired us to worship Him. Amen? But boy, in America, we're not worshiping God much anymore. Nope. We worship all kinds of idols and cherish them as having the highest worth. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit today because uh, America needs to turn back to the living God and truly worship the living God. But it's going to start with the church. We can't be worship dead and expect the culture to become worship live. We've got to be a, a living, breathing, worshiping, God-honoring church in order to be the leaven that leavens the whole lump. Amen? But boy, in America, we worship all kinds of things. We worship sports and sports figures, entertainers, celebrities. We're involved in celebrity worship all the time. And guess what? Can I let you in on something? The celebrities we worship love to be worshiped. But we worship celebrities, we worship sports figures, we make them gods. We even have a popular show called American Idol. American Idol. 
And there we're essentially worshiping somebody's talent because they're such an incredible singer or whatever they do. And we worship it. We bow down. We, we, we praise it. We applaud it. The crowd always moved down towards the front. Guess what they did when they were down front? They have their hands raised to those rock stars and they are doing this. And you know what? That's a form of worship. We, why, that's why we call them rock gods. Because we're making idols out of them. We really do. Many people just worship these people. They worship them. It, it, was, it was adoration to the point of worship that I watched and I saw it all the time at the concerts. In America, we worship materialism, things, stuff, wealth, possessions. We worship success, careers, achievement. Uh, and we always measure achievement not by character, not by your walk with God, but we measure achievement by how much money you end up with. How much money you end up with. And we worship that money. We worship materialism. We worship success. But you know what? I've never seen a U-Haul at a funeral. You don't take it with you. You don't take anything with you. You don't take one dime with you. You work for it all your life. And then when you die at your funeral, I'm watching all the in-laws fighting over who's going to get what that you earned your whole life. You don't take any of it with you, but we worship it. Isn't that crazy? We worship something that is not eternal, that we'll never take with us into eternity, that doesn't help us into eternity. I want to worship the real living God who sent his son Jesus Christ to get me into heaven forever. And I'll tell you a big idol in America, we worship at the altar of self. Oh yeah, self-help, self-analysis, self-serving. Self-realization, self-actualization, selfies. There's people walk down the street and take a selfie as if we care to see them walking down the street. They put it on Facebook. Here I am walking down the street. Well, good for you. Good for you walking down the street. Man, I know I'm moved. I've got a better day because I saw you walking down the street. See, we've made people believe their, that their self is so important that them walking down the street somehow sends, sends shock waves through humanity. But it doesn't. But we've, we have elevated self, serve self, serve self. You are number one. You're number one in the world. You're number one. It's all about you. It's all about you and taking care of you and you being happy and you having peace and you having what you want. But that's not the teaching of Jesus at all. But in America, everything revolves around self and serving yourself is number one. But in Christianity, serving him is number one. And when you serve him, that's when you do have peace. And that is when you do have fulfillment. Even atheists worship. Can I tell you, I don't believe in atheists. They don't believe in God. I don't believe in them. Because my Bible tells me God has revealed himself to every human heart. So they might be good deniers of what they know deep down is true. But they worship something. Well, what do they worship, Jeff? They worship evolution because they're saying that evolution gave us everything that we have. Not the creator God, but evolution. And they worship at the altar of evolution, even though it is still to this day called a theory. No, it's a faith. Evolution is a faith. It is not a scientific fact. It's a faith. And they worship at the altar of some unseen random force that over billions and trillions of years made everything we see and hear. Skeptics worship. 
Republicans and Democrats worship. They worship themselves. They worship a party. I don't worship a Democrat. Can I give you some news today? Jesus is not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's not any political party. Some of you, that offended you a little bit. Oh, my Jesus is a Republican. Hang on, I'm going to talk to you about that. Everyone everywhere worships. It's the fundamental drive of life and, and one of the unique distinctions of humanity. Hey, let me tell you something, church. Animals don't worship. Birds don't worship. Now, they may worship their creator in their own way, but they don't have the ability to conceptualize of a God that made them and, and, and of all the glory, all the different facets of the character and glory and majesty of God. They can't think like we can. They can't worship God intelligently like we can. The closest thing to us worshiping God has got to be, at least in my house, it's, it's the dogs. Because I come home, they hardly look up. Cindy comes home, and it's like the second coming. And they go crazy, right? They go crazy. But here's the thing. They can't conceptualize of God. You and I have the ability to know him intelligently. You shall worship the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Well, see, we have the capacity in our minds to think of, to know, to come to increasingly know, to conceptualize of a mighty creator God and worship him intelligently for the things he has made. Just makes me want to worship right now. Just break into worship right now. Amen. So God has made us with an incredible capacity to worship. The Bible says that every human being, here's why, every human being has been given by God a deep inner sense of eternity. That's why I don't believe in atheists. Ecclesiastes 3 says, he, has, he, God, has planted eternity in the human heart. He has planted eternity in the human heart. He has put within us a sense, an awareness, that there is more beyond this life. We even see lost people at the caskets of loved ones. People that don't know God, don't know Jesus, saying, I'll see you later. I'll see you when I get there. And now whether or not they're going to heaven, if they're lost, they're not. But here's the thing. They have a sense there's more than here. There's more than this. There's more beyond the veil. There's more on the other side. There is another dimension there is another place. There's another reality. Something greater than us is out there, and we long to worship whatever that is. And if you know Jesus, you worship him. And Jesus said those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, in, in spirit being full of the Holy Spirit, in truth, the truth that is in Jesus. We just worship God today in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. We even worship things we don't fully understand. Jesus told the woman at the well, you remember her? Jesus went and sat down at the well, and here comes a Samaritan woman. And Jesus said this to her, you worship what you don't even know. You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Jesus is saying, at least I'm worshiping intelligently. 
I know who I worship, but lady, you don't even know what you worship, but you're worshiping anyway. Why would she do that? Because we're wired to worship. God made human beings with a unique capacity to worship, even if it's in ignorance. And the Bible says that whatever we worship is going to shape us, mold us, fashion us, and cause us to become whatever it is we're worshiping. So what are you worshiping? What you worship will downgrade you or upgrade you. What you worship will add to your life or subtract from your life. What you worship will make you or break you, literally. What a nation worships will make that nation or break that nation. It is crucial what you worship. Because what you worship says everything about you or your nation. So where is our nation right now? Apart from God. That's why we're not worshiping God. Because our nation has departed from God. But that doesn't mean we've got to. God has called us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We're called to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, here's a a second undeniable fact about worship. Here it is. If, If you don't worship the true God, the God of the Bible, you may even create your own God and worship the God of your own creation. Now, listen carefully. The Bible says in Genesis that God made man. God created the heavens and the earth. God made man in his own image. That's what it says. But you know what fallen man does? He creates God in his image. He creates a God in his own image. If we don't like the God that's there, we'll make our own. Y'all are quiet. Have you thought about that? It's happening all around us. Uh, we even make a, a, a Jesus. We make up a Jesus that is not the Jesus of the Bible. We create our own Jesus because we don't like the Jesus that's in the Bible or what he requires. So we just make our own. Now, I, I've been around long enough to see a, a big swath of the church create a Jesus who's all about money and material wealth. That's what Jesus is all about. But that's not the Jesus I see in the Bible. That's not my Jesus. I don't see that Jesus in there. I don't see a Jesus is always talking about money, 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 this, money, that, money, the other. No, I I believe in a Jesus who said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Not that he doesn't want you blessed. He does. Or, Or we make up a Jesus that never, ever judges. Never. He doesn't judge anything. Because we don't like the Jesus of the Bible that did judge. Or we make up a Jesus that, uh, of a particular race. Can I tell you what Jesus was? He was Jewish. He was olive-skinned. But Hollywood gives us white Jesus, black Jesus, Hispanic Jesus. Even these days, female Jesus. We, we've got uh, uh, some people making Jesus gay, homosexual. No. See, we we make a Jesus that places his seal of approval on the lifestyle that we want to pursue. So we make up our own Jesus. Y'all are quiet. Come on, I'm talking good now. We make up our own Jesus. We create our own Jesus. I don't like the Jesus of the Bible. I don't like the God of the Bible. So I'm just going to make my own. Uh, So we make a Jesus who's a Republican or a Democrat 
or a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian, and he's only in our church or he's only over in this church or he's only in this denomination. No, no, no. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Amen? He's everywhere. And it might shock some people to know that he's not a Baptist Jesus or a Catholic Jesus or a Methodist Jesus or a Pentecostal Jesus. No, he's Jesus of the Bible. He's the Redeemer. He's our Deliverer. He's our Healer. He's our all in all. Israel constantly created their own gods to worship. Gods that promoted sensuality and demonic mysticism, they created them. In the wilderness, for instance, they forced Aaron to make the golden calf. And and while worshiping the golden calf, they fell into sexual sin, thousands of them, while worshiping the golden calf. Because the golden calf was okay with it, but not the God of the Bible. So they made their own God, so they could live the way they wanted. Later on in the promised land, they continuously fell to worshiping the false and cruel gods of Baal and Ashtoreth, and they sacrificed their children to them. We say, I just can't believe they did that, but are we not doing that today? We've made the God of convenience, or the God of self, and everything revolves around self, and if I don't want to be bothered with a child, I just sacrifice it on the altar of convenience. I know I'm meddling a little bit, but i got to say it. We've made a, a God of our own making. We, we just make the God that we can live with. We, we make a God in our own image. Instead of saying, you're God, I'm not, and I'm going to bow to the real God and live the way the real God tells me to live. <laughs> Amen. In the book of Acts, we find the entire city given over uh, to worshiping the false goddess Diana who allowed them to live a sensual lifestyle. They didn't want the God of Jesus. That's where they were so persecuted for preaching Jesus in the, in the city of Ephesus because they didn't want Diana taken down. They didn't want that false idol taken down. The Apostle Paul warns in Romans 1, please hear me on this one. Romans 1, one of the most profound chapters in the Bible. The, Romans 1 says that one of the signs of a collapsing culture is what it worships. Instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they took wood and stone and made idols for themselves, carving them to look like birds, animals, snakes, and mere men. And the Greek language also adds insects. <laughs> Are you ready? They made carvings. Can you imagine bowing down to a carving of a cricket? Chirp, 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 chirp. Bowing down to the carving of a frog. Bowing down to the carving of a, of a bull or a goat. But that's what they were reduced to when they rejected worshiping the real God. When a society or an individual refuses to worship the true God, folks, they spiral down into stupidity. You do things that don't even make any sense. You're bowing down to things that don't even make any sense. You bow down to irrational things. You begin worshiping irrational things, believing irrational things. But the, the, the false God can't hear you, can't see you, can't answer your prayer, can't help you, isn't even aware of you. And yet we worship 
anything but the real God. So notice, this society's decline began when they said, I will not worship God or even thank Him. In your faith journey, do you ever find yourself getting distracted from Jesus? Do you ever find yourself losing focus of God's great commission and can't quite put your finger on why? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff showed you what it means to let worldly influences become your worship focus. Without realizing it, the wisdom you absorb from man will always tear you away from God. Fix your gaze on heaven and leave the world's folly behind. Here's Diane with some more info about Hardwired. If you have any questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. Thanks for being a part of this ministry and helping it to continue to be an encouraging and uplifting resource for you and others. Now I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's next. When you're down on your relationship with God, how do you reignite the flame? When you're in a slump, how do you find your joy again? Next time on Hardwired, Pastor Jeff illustrates the profound importance of leaving the world's wisdom in the dust. Even if you don't think you're taking much of it in, it's seeping into your soul. Turn and run from the lies of this earth and get back into God's Word. Grow again in your spirituality and experience what you've been missing. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the book of Exodus next time on Hardwired.